1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I wonder how much of the disagreement we have over COVID and its severity is related to our lack of trust in the sources of the reporting on that severity. Uh, This afternoon, Andrew Ginther, the mayor of Columbus, and uh, Makisha Roberts, his health commissioner, along with four doctors, will hold a press conference at 3 p.m. Now, you have an assortment of avenues to view that information and have it presented to you. You'll be able to watch... The news on channels 4, 6, and 10. You, if you want to spend your money, can uh, purchase a digital membership to Dispatch.com and find it. Uh, there are other local radio programs where you'll be able to access it and hear it. But much of our country is polarized on how serious COVID is or isn't. Uh, whether vaccines work or don't, uh, whether you should wear a mask or shouldn't. And I get that there's the issue of what you think about the mask, what you think about COVID, what you think about your own anecdotal experiences with maybe having had COVID or knowing somebody who's had COVID. But I think, too, a lot of what we perceive about it, believe about it, is related to how we view what's reported about it. And not necessarily the information that's reported, but who the information is coming from. We're in a place where we just don't really trust people. Uh, And they've given us a good reason not to trust them, I think. Uh, The Columbus Dispatch, I think, is far less trustworthy than it used to be. Although that could be my own misreading of the situation because I used to deem it more trustworthy because, honestly... What it used to report agreed more often with what I thought. So that's what we call confirmation bias. Uh, There's some interesting numbers out about American media consumption right now on the national level. I don't have the local ratings. I'm not really sure they're that telling. Like these numbers are very, very telling. Democrats, 78% of them uh, have either a lot or some trust in the national media. 78% of them. Liberal Democrats, according to Pew Research, 83% of liberal Democrats trust what they see reported in the media. Now, as you might imagine, uh, the number is considerably smaller on the Republican side. It's 35%. 35% of Republicans have some or a lot of trust in what they see reported in the media. Now, I don't think those percentages are skewed very far from how much of the news is reported from a Democratic perspective or from a Republican perspective. I don't think 35% of the news is reported from a a Republican perspective. If you count all news sources, sure, there are conservative news sources. There's Fox, there's Breitbart, there's Daily Wire. Uh, There are others I'm sure that I'm not citing. Wall Street Journal, some people would say the Wall Street Journal is conservative. But... Far and away, far and away, the majority of the news is reported from a liberal perspective or maybe even a leftist perspective. You didn't see the Hunter Biden laptop story in any great detail, if at all, on any of the major networks. You saw it in great detail on Fox. The guy, Tony Bobolinsky, who was involved with Hunter Biden in the business deal, held a press conference in Nashville on the night of the last presidential (laughs) debate. And reporters from ABC, NBC, and CBS didn't even bother to go. They didn't even bother to go. They weren't going to risk being tempted to report what he had to say because they weren't even going to hear what he had to say. So what does this mean for the future of news and media and how you get your news and who you believe? I'd be curious if you have thoughts on that. 844-TALK-989. 844-TALK-989. I watch Fox because it's the only major network that I can watch without throwing something at the screen or yelling at the screen, which tends to bother my wife and children if I talk back to the people talking at me who can't hear me. Uh, I don't watch Newsmax. And I don't watch, is it O-N-N? Or O-A-N, One American News. I don't watch those because maybe I should give them a shot. But those just seem to me like they're uh, always going to give me the conservative slant. I feel like Fox is going to give me certainly the conservative slant. But they're going to give me some dissenting views. And I trust, here's the one guy on TV that I trust. I trust Brett Baer. He's the guy that I trust. Is there anybody on TV that you trust? Maybe is there anybody locally that you trust? I'd be curious to know who and why. 844 Talk 989. But here's how dominant Fox is. In August, if you take the top 100 live broadcasts on cable TV, so we're not talking, you know, Sears catalog model David Muir or Nora O'Donnell or whoever they have on NBC. Uh, we're talking about cable. CNN, MSNBC, Fox, OAN, Newsmax. One hundred live telecasts, one hundred live broadcasts on cable. Fox had ninety-four of the top one hundred rated broadcasts. Ninety-four of a hundred. Its primetime audience, two and a half million people, is routinely double the audience of MSNBC, and triple the audience of CNN. You say, well, a lot of old people, they're just watching Fox, Bruce. No, it's not just old people. In the demographic of viewers under 55, Fox is also beating the other networks. Among people 54 and younger, 13 to the top 14 rated shows were on Fox. Now, some of this could be that when you take Democrats and they have a bunch of choices, they can watch any of the networks, they can watch any of the cable networks except Fox. They're dividing up their audience. But even if you add CNN and MSNBC together, they fall half a well, they fall about 400,000 short of Fox's audience. Can we survive this way? Can we survive this way? Can any company, just look at it as a business, wherever you work, or in your family, Even how big of an issue, how big of a factor, how big of an element of success, functioning well as a family, functioning well as a business, how much of that is trust? How much of that is trust? A lot of that is trust, right? If you don't have trust in each other, if you can't count on something that you're told being true, well, what do you hold on to? What do you base your viewpoints on? What do you base your opinions on? What do you base your decisions on? this is how we get back to COVID. Do you feel like you're getting the full story on COVID? I don't know how you could say yes. Even if you're a pro-mask, provax fearmonger you would have to admit that it's a little bit sketchy that anthony fauci once said don't wear a mask and now masks are the key to everything you have to admit that it's a little bit sketchy that some states where they mask all the time new york california and where they rarely mask or don't have to mask florida texas You have to admit it's a little bit sketchy that the COVID rates in those four states are at least a little bit, if not a lot, worse in the places where they are most vigilant about wearing masks than in the places where they are not, even if you're all in on it. It's also not good, not good at all, that you're denied information. Like, Alex Berenson used to work at the New York Times, so he's not a he's not a crazy right-wing guy. Alex Berenson was banned from Twitter. Banned. You can't even get his stuff anymore. Can't get access to his reports. He's still available on Substack, but how many people really know about Substack? How many people are willing, so willing to get Alex Berenson's information that they'll pay to get it? You don't have to pay to get all of it on Substack, but you do have to pay to get some of it. But this mistake is often made by people that we think, ah, we'll just keep you from hearing that, keep you from seeing that, keep you from therefore thinking that, because it'll be better if your judgment isn't clouded. No, it's not better. It's never better. More information is always better than less information. More choices is always better than less choices. Some people will make the wrong choices. Yes, they will. They'll suffer the consequences of those choices. But the people who make the right choices will not have been forced to make those choices. They'll have made them of their own volition. And hopefully over time people see the good choices and the outcome of the good choices and they'll say, I'm going to do that. I'd rather have the good choice. So part of the problem that we have in our country right now is we don't know what is true and we don't know what isn't true. And the reason why we don't know what is true and why we don't know why we do know what is true is because We can't trust anybody who's telling us the information. And you see that in the ratings. And what it looks like to me from the fall of CNN and the fall of MSNBC is that a lot of people are just choosing not to know, period. They don't even want to know. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. And ignorance, you might say, well, my life is more peaceful that way. But it's not better that way. It's not better that way. Because then you're operating out of a position of ignorance. You don't have any information. To make your decisions. So the cable ratings are more than just, hey, who's doing well? Who's going to get a raise? Who's going to get fired? It's a barometer of the lack of trust we have in our institutions. And media has a very important job. Shows like this, newspapers like The Dispatch, cable programs, network programs. They have a very important function, and that function is to hold the people in charge accountable. But... The lion's share of media in this country is not interested anymore in holding anybody accountable. It's in cheerleading for what they think about what's going on. So if we can't get back to a baseline of truth as what matters and being willing to face the truth, whether it agrees or disagrees with what you think, then we're in a very precarious place, a very, very precarious place. And that's why I think this time in America is a really crucial time. Because things have gone precipitously downward in our country and across the globe in just eight months of a Joe Biden presidency. And if our reporters and broadcast networks and other things do not tell the truth about what he's doing, are afraid to show it because, oh, we might lose an election. Maybe we need to have a change in power. I would certainly argue that we do. But that doesn't mean I think Donald Trump did everything perfectly either. He didn't. So you'll always be able to get honesty here. And if you ever feel like you don't, uh, reach out to me and let me know, because that's the one thing that I'm committed to holding to and providing you with every day is the truth. Glad to have you with us on a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Tomorrow, 1130, we will chat with Dennis Prager, Dennis Hosts. The Dennis Prager Show from 1 to 3 here on The Answer. Uh, Dennis, uh, received what might be the most moving call uh, from a listener that I've ever heard on any radio program ever. It was several months ago, and a woman called in. I think she said she was in her 50s. I'm going to ask him. I hope I remember to ask him this, uh, if he remembers this call. Because my guess is he does remember it. And the woman said she was crying. And she said, I'm in my 50s, and I'm just so thankful for you because you're the first time I've ever been exposed to wisdom. Uh, and that is the word I would use to describe Dennis Prager, whether you uh, view him uh, on his uh, Prager.com or Prager U site, uh, DennisPrager.com, or listen to him here on the answer. I think he uh, has invested in wisdom, and um, you likewise will benefit have much better judgment, have the ability to discern truth and the like uh, by listening to Dennis Prager. So he is someone that I uh, admire how he does his program and what he's invested in, and it'll be good to get his perspective on our show tomorrow. I'm very glad for the time that he is giving us. Of course, everybody has to make their own choices, at least as long as you're allowed to make your own choices about COVID. Uh, You'll get a lecture this afternoon at 3 o'clock, I have no doubt about that, from Mayor Andrew Ginther and health people, including Dr. Makisha Roberts, your Columbus Public Health Commissioner. I will cut her some slack in that I get it. This is her this is her thing, public health, and she has to be concerned. She has to view and contemplate worst-case scenarios. Uh, but I think there's a way to do it without being as alarmist as they have been. For instance, many of you have purchased at-home COVID testing kits. I know this because I had a friend tell me that he was looking for one the other day and he couldn't find one. And he had someone tell him, a pharmacist tell him, oh, you're not going to find one. Everybody is sold out. Okay, well, if everybody's sold out, then a ton of people are buying them. Why are you buying them? You're buying them because you want to find out. Let's just say you're probably buying them because you don't feel good or somebody in your family doesn't feel good. And you'd like to know if you have COVID or if you don't. Now, I applaud that because I presume you're going to adjust your behavior based upon what that test says. If the test comes back positive, maybe you'll call into work say you're not coming in. If you've got a sniffle or a cough, stuffy head, it could be allergies. And if the test confirms that you don't have COVID, you'll go to work. And if people look at you sideways, you'll say, my allergies are acting up. And hopefully they'll take your word for it and they won't treat you like a leper. But here's a comment from Dr. Makisha Roberts to ABC6. She says, I feel strongly that the number of cases that we see reported daily from the state is an underestimate of what's really out there in the community. Why does she think that? Because she thinks people are testing positive at home and they're not reporting it to their local health department. And She's probably right. She's probably right. If I were to take an at-home COVID test, I would adjust my behavior if the test turned up positive, but I wouldn't call it in because I don't want to be hassled. And so this is a bed that public health professionals have made for themselves by assuming that people aren't going to be responsible enough to modify their own behavior, and they don't want to call down the authorities on their back or to have the, everybody they know inconvenienced by contact tracing if you would report your own test result. Now, full disclosure on this. Some of these tests, particularly the ones you take on apps, which I don't even know how that works, but some self-tests, according to this story, have an app that will automatically report your results to the appropriate public health authorities. Can you say, Big Brother? In instances where a person takes a test at home without a proctored administration, means they're not monitoring you, The results will end up on the dashboard only if they are self-reported. Yes. Good. Mind your own business. And if you mind your business, as the great Hank Williams once sang, you won't be minding mine. (laughs) Oh, we don't get a lot of Hank Williams references here on the Bruce Hooley Show. Got to use them when we can. If you get the feeling that those who are... Uh, rendered important by the pandemic do not want to give up their place in the sun, or if you get the feeling that big drug companies that are making the quote-unquote vaccines and are cashing in big on it, that they would also not like for this pandemic to be in the rearview mirror, listen to what the good folks at Pfizer have in store for you. Albert Borla is the CEO of Pfizer, which has, at this point in time, right, the only vaccine given full approval by the FDA. He is now saying, this seems a strange messenger for this message, but he is now saying that vaccines are not, repeat, not the only way we will be able to defeat COVID-19. Hmm. Pray tell, Albert, what is the way we will be able to defeat COVID 19? Aha! You might have guessed it. A new experimental antiviral drug under study that could be just the thing. Pfizer has not given it a name yet, but it has a fancy delineation PF07321332. It is a SARS protease inhibitor oh wow can i get that with a side of mashed potatoes and gravy uh, studies in people are just beginning who are the people that sign up for this hey pump that into me go ahead i hope you're getting paid well this sentence sent a chill down my spine from albert borla the ceo of pfizer if successful the medicine would be meant for listen closely Non-hospitalized adults with COVID-19 who are at low risk of progressing to serious illness. If successful, the medicine would be meant for non-hospitalized adults with COVID-19 who are at low risk of progressing to serious illness. Why would you need it if you're not at risk of developing serious illness? WHY WOULD YOU TAKE IT?! You think this endgame isn't nefarious? Now they got you... They're making drugs you'll take when you're not that sick! And won't get sick!